Welcome to Legislative Breakdown, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Gary Moncrief, Boise State University political science professor. He spends all his spare time studying legislatures around the country, including Idaho's. And in this podcast, we break down the Idaho legislature, what's happening, drilling down into the why and the how it affects you. We have a special guest this week who will be coming up in just a little bit. Uh, That's Republican Senator Dean Mortimer, so stay tuned for that. But uh, before we get that far, Gary, you know, when it's time for breakfast, there's nothing I like more than a nice little bit of sausage. Maybe some bacon, but I'm, I'm a big sausage fan. Let's talk about making sausage in the Idaho legislature, because uh, as I understand from you, it's it's that time of year. Yeah, well, this is, you know, a famous old line about legislatures, which is if you enjoy the law and sausage, you should never watch either being made. And, you know, the, 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 the point there is that it's an ugly kind of process. It's not very rational sometimes. I have actually had a good friend uh, recently passed away who was uh, probably the, the best known legislative scholar in the United States, a guy named Alan Rosenthal at Rutgers University. Alan actually went to a sausage factory once and uh, watched it being made. They gave him a tour. And later he wrote an article basically saying, you know what? Lawmaking isn't anything like making sausage. Making sausage is very rational these days. It's clean. There's all kinds of health, health laws about it. Whereas the legislative process remains really, really kind of confusing and, you know, nothing very rational about it sometimes. So, yeah, we're in that period there. You know, it's the kind of the press at, toward the end. This is especially true in part-time legislatures like Idaho's where they're pressed for time. And so... You know, there's lots of bills out there still, particularly on in the Senate now. Many of them are House bills that are in the Senate that have to be dealt with on the floor. A little bit later, we have uh, Senator Mortimer on, and he served in both the House and the Senate. And so he talks a little bit about the differences between the House and Senate here. The House has a lot more bills out than the Senate does. And so right now, right now. And so the Senate is kind of behind the eight ball at this point. And the House tends to be a little more, I don't know, I guess passionate is the word. You know, they tend to be a little more extreme uh, in some of their views. They're certainly producing a lot more proposed legislation this year than the Senate is. There's an old, another old line, a line from George Washington, who reputedly said to Thomas Jefferson once that, speaking of the U.S. Congress, of course, he said that uh, the Senate's job is to is to be the saucer that cools the passions of the House of Representatives, that the Senate's supposed to kind of pick and choose among all the House things that come up. We'll see if the Senate serves that purpose in Idaho this year. So today, Friday, is a big day when it comes to voting and elections in Idaho because this is the filing deadline. Gary, what's been going on with uh, with that? This is the last day for folks to file if they want to run for, for office in the upcoming elections. That's right. And we've made allusion to this before in the last couple of weeks that a lot of the legislation that has come up appears to be kind of aimed at that issue of who's going to file and whether you're going to get a challenger in a primary to your candidacy if you're an incumbent at this point. So you want legislation that that makes you look good and doesn't make you look bad. Yeah, exactly. So or 
And what you don't want is legislation that puts you in a difficult position, essentially kind of playing to to a particular faction of the party because of the primary coming up. Speaking of primaries, so, you know, in Idaho, we have the primaries coming up in May. The candidate filing deadline obviously is ending today. So everybody will know essentially whether they have a challenger or not. As of yesterday, there were about 25 or 26 challenges in the Republican primary amongst among the 105 legislators. Now, a few of those are actually open seats, like Sean Keogh's not running again, so I think there's four Republicans running right now for that open seat. But most of these are challenges to incumbents. 25, that number may increase by the end of Friday, but that's not a large number compared to what we've seen in the last two years. We had over 50 uh, wow. uh, primary challenges in the Republican primary in 2016. Now, That's a lot. It is a lot. It's important for people to understand that this is obviously a very Republican state. And if you look at the registration figures for state legislative districts, which you can do, by the way, by going to the, the Idaho Secretary of State webpage, looking under election, click on, and you'll find registration by county and by legislative district. If you look at that by legislative district, what you'll find is that in most of the districts in Idaho, there is no way really that a Democrat's going to win. Really? Yeah. If you look at the number of people who are registered, there are some minor party, third party candidates, if you will, in the Constitution, Libertarian parties. And then the, the way the registration works is Democratic Party, Republican Party, and unaffiliated. And unaffiliated, it's a big It's a big, a big number, section. and, you know, that's ostensibly kind of independence, people who aren't really affiliated with either party. The reality is a lot of those people are kind of lean to one party or the other. And a lot of them, frankly, I think lean Democratic, but they don't want to be registered with a party. So if you look at the 35 legislative districts right now, and if you assume all of the unaffiliated voters vote for the Democratic candidate, along with the Democratic registered voters, obviously, they still don't outweigh the total number of Republicans in 19 districts. In other words, there's just there's, there's really no way that a re- Democrat can win in 19 of the 35 districts in Idaho, even if all the unaffiliated voters voted in the general election with the Democrat. What that means is most of the districts in Idaho are determined in the primary. And so that date coming up in May is very important for determining the outcome of, you know, what the legislature is going to look like next year. For years, one of the things I always told my students was it doesn't matter which party wins in Idaho. It's what faction of the majority party wins, because that's the party that controls the the caucus, essentially, and therefore controls the legislature. And that's why primaries in Idaho are so important. Exactly. That's why primaries essentially determine the fate of the Idaho legislature. Our guest this week is, is Senator Dean Mortimer. Senator Mortimer is a graduate of Utah State University. He was a mortgage banker. I think he's retired from that at this point. I have. And a real estate developer. Is that home or commercial real estate? Mostly? Both. Both. Okay. Senator Mortimer has served 
Is this your fifth term in the Senate? This is my sixth. Your well, fifth, fifth in the term Senate, in the Senate, Senate, one term and in the one House. term in the House prior to that. He represents District 30, which is the Idaho Falls area. And it, one of the things that's most unusual about Senator Mortimer is he's the chair of a committee, in this case the Senate Education Committee, and he's also on JFAC. He's a senator on, on the Senate Finance Committee. Well, but to get started, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for agreeing to, to do this. Most welcome. Uh, we like to have our listeners just get to know legislators uh, and what they're doing a little bit. So how long have you been the chair of the of the Senate Education Committee? This, this is my fourth year. Your fourth year. Fourth so year. the end of your second term as chair of that. As chair. Of that and committee. I was the, the vice chair for mm-hmm. six years previous to that right. under Senator Getty. Uh, one of the things we've mentioned to our listeners before is the important role that committees play in Idaho and c- committee chairs in particular. Can you briefly describe the role of the committee chair for us? Well, I think that there are some roles of a committee chair. In my opinion, it's important that you have a well-organized committee that's fair, that's balanced, that takes care of things in a systematic and organized fashion, and making sure that all of your committee members feel like they're being heard. So I think that's really, really uh, a key component. After that, I believe it's important that a committee chairman say, okay, what's happening in my particular case, education? And education is a big area because it covers not only K-12 but higher education. So making sure that they're informed, committee members. I think the next important thing is making sure that you're understanding the will of the committee and really what pieces of legislation they want to hear and win and making sure that that's happened in a reasonable and systematic fashion. Committee chairs have a lot of power. I mean, uh, you have a lot of uh, power over what happens in your committee, and, and that's got to be very, I don't know, daunting at times. Well, I think it is. Part of that, in my opinion, is relating to that first function, which is organization. If you don't have someone in charge, then sometimes you have a hard time with organization, decorum, and fairness. So to me... That's really important, and if, if I have power, it's only because, in my opinion, I'm giving that, given that power by my committee members. I think that's really uh, the responsibility and why some people would say that we have power and influence. What's the difference? You've served in both the House and the Senate. What's the difference <laughs> between serving in the House and serving in the Senate? Well, I won't repeat what the, the House says about when someone leaves the House and goes to the Senate. But there is a difference. There's actually a difference in uh, thought, system, and in my opinion, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the other word of... Um, Maybe decorum? Yeah. I, I, hate to, I don't know if I would call it completely decorum because that may be unfair to the House because there surely is decorum in the House. But there's an openness. I call it freewheeling uh, openness in the House that you may not see in the Senate. So the, the first difference that you will notice is that the House, there's twice as many people there, and so there's twice as many voices, and there's twice as many ideas. And, and so you're going to have a lot more, in my opinion, somewhat conflict, as well as a lot more ideas that come forth, and, and those ideas 
may not always be vetted as as uh, much as as maybe the Senate does. Yeah, I think this year we've certainly seen that. I think there's four or five times as many bills that have been introduced in the House this year than have occurred in the Senate. Absolutely. How does this session compare to other sessions? Have you seen anything different this year? Absolutely. There's a, there's a unique difference in that it is much more rigorous and fast-paced than it's been in the past. We have been moving through uh, not only presentations but legislation more quickly than it has in the past. And part of that, I think, is from the standpoint it's a campaign year, and part of it from the standpoint of the Supreme Court decision that says the legislation has to be on the governor's desk before we can go home. Mm-hmm. And so that speeds the session up by about five days. So we're in the middle of this period right now where people have to declare candidacy for next year. Yes. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of primary challenges, as there often are in the Republican Party. Are you... Do you know if you have a primary challenger, or do you anticipate one or not? I, I do not know. Okay. And uh, uh, have you had them in the in in the past? I have not had a challenger since I ran originally. Wow. Now I challenged someone right. to get here. Okay. And I believe it is very very important that someone have to run for office. Yeah. I think it crystallizes your your opinions, your viewpoints, your ability to articulate your value system to others. And to me, that I think that's a very healthy part of the political process. That was Republican Senator Dean Mortimer speaking from his office in the Idaho State House. Legislative Breakdown is a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Boise State Political Science Professor Gary Moncrief. Our original music comes from local artist and composer Will Hall of the bands Nude Dude and Like of the Dog. Thanks this week to our special guest, Senator Dean Mortimer. And if you like this podcast, rate us on iTunes and help other people find us. Remember, it's your legislature. And thanks for listening.